This is a STEAM Channel program on UCTV. Go full STEAM ahead at uctv.tv slash STEAM, where science, technology, engineering, arts, and math converge. All right. Well, hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. This is Dr. Stephen Mercer, and I'm here to give you some uh, ideas about college admission during this pandemic and all the unusual times. And today I'm, I'm really, really honored to have uh, a guest to uh, give us some real update information. Um, Kirk Brennan is the Director of Admission at the University of Southern California. Kirk, I'm really uh, pleased that you're here to talk with us today about what's going on at USC and also, you know, broadly within the admission world. So you're, you're someone who I think has a, a lot of perspective on that. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Stephen. I appreciate sure. it. So, you know, I'd like to talk about the specifics of what's going on with kind of admission at USC, but could you just, before we dive into that, what's going on on campus? You know, how has this, I mean, I think there's, most of us know, but what's changed if I was to walk around to campus right now? What's going on? What's not going on? It's hard to say for me directly. Uh, I haven't been since March 12th. Today is May 13th. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can't remember a time when I've, I've spent so far away from campus since I enrolled my freshman year. I've been connected to this place uh, ever since. So I'm, I'm reading stories and hearing from people who have been to campus and uh, paying attention to the, the decisions that we're making as an organization and how we're responding to uh, this crisis. Yeah. Uh, we, on March 13th, like many institutions, made the decision to... Um, to stay at home, yeah. didn't didn't know how long that would be at that time, and so many of us just didn't return to work. Left the things in our desks and had our laptops with us, and thought that might last for a few weeks. And that was at the start of our spring break, as I recall. And so students had already left anyway, and so we had decided to. Um, I think in anticipation for some stay-at-home orders, we had started practicing doing remote learning or online hmm. modes of education uh, in anticipation that we might need to. And okay. we never, we haven't been to campus since. So we came back from spring break and, and announced that students should stay away if they could. And of course, not everybody can. Not everybody can get home. Not everybody has a home to get to. And some live in countries where flights were no longer traveling. Right. Too. So uh, at, at this time, there are about 1,500 students living in university housing still. Uh, we've asked employees to stay home if possible, and there are some who cannot stay home, so that some of my colleagues are coming to campus to deal with essential services that students require and that the university requires to stay in operation. Uh, nobody from the admission office is in that category. Although a few of us have had to go to campus for various reasons, like to pick up equipment, uh, like our keyboards or monitors or files or, or things like that. Okay. Um, we've had to uh, make some serious adjustments to uh, the things that help keep students safe and healthy and happy. Mm -hmm. Of course, all of our services have had and teaching have had to move online. So the whole student affairs office has moved to a virtual mode or remote remote delivery mode, our cultural centers, our academic advising appointments, in addition to the actual classroom learning. Uh, but that's not all. the only thing that a university 
has to think about. We have buildings where people live. We have a health center where people get their mm -hmm. uh, health uh, attended to. We have dining halls where people get their food. And all of these things have to be uh, changed to re adapt and react to the the rules of the day of social distancing of healthy practices. So our health center has been converted to um, receive students who might be complaining of symptoms of the coronavirus. Our, our research facilities have even turned, in some cases, turned their attention away from their uh, primary uh, research tasks to solving the problem. Mm -hmm. Some of our labs have converted their work to try and figure out solutions to the coronavirus situation. Uh, we've also had to convert some of the dining facilities to um, offer only takeout service to serve not only the students who have remained on campus, but also uh, to the student, to employees who might need to come to campus and even to the local community to offer low cost takeaway meals in a socially distancing mode that is uh, safe for everybody. Uh, I'm also pleased to say that the uh, hotel, which we now operate, uh, has been converted to a uh, safe place for healthcare employees to stay. Okay. So nurses and physicians who are serving uh, patients who may feel safer staying away from home have a place to stay while they're working uh, to solve the crisis locally. So lots of change in how we operate day to day while we also make plans to think ahead uh, to what, what might be next. And all of this reminds me that universities are not just schools. We are parts of the community. We're working to solve the problem. We're working with local campus leaders to provide our local city and, and county leaders to provide advice on, on how uh, contact tracing and treatment and testing can be initiated. We, we can be a resource to offer those sorts of services to the community. In fact, uh, universities run, help to run some of the public hospitals. We right. are involved in running uh, one of the county hospitals in Los Angeles. And uh, so we're involved in providing uh, health care and treatment to the community in general. So right. it's more than just taking care of our own. It's also being a responsible member of the community, yeah. as we always have been. Right. Absolutely. So Lots of challenges, but also lots of opportunities uh, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope that that anybody watching this can can pay attention to opportunities to learn, to adapt and um, and use use it as a way of thinking positively. There's no doubt this is a challenge for everybody, not just health wise, but or physically, but mentally and and in, in many different ways, we we need we're social beings. We need uh, community, and right. uh, this is a real challenge for everybody. And I hope that that we can remember that uh, through struggle comes opportunity to learn to find new solutions. Uh, for me personally, it's been a way to move forward that has helped me survive too. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about admission, and let's talk about you, the timing of all of this, right? The way it co coincides with uh, the admission cycle, new students, high school seniors being accepted right about the time when all of these shutdowns occurred and, and making their decisions about where they're going to spend the 
hopefully the next four years of their life, right? And it's kind of a big deal both for students and families, but on your end as a senior enrollment manager, right? I mean, the timing is tough. I'm sure there's never a good timing, but can we talk about your perspective on this group of students that you've admitted and you want to come and, you know, what, what do you want them to know? What do you think is going to be different? What do you think is going to change, is, is going to stay the same? You know, where, where how, how are you dealing with all of that as an institution? I think the group of high school seniors and college seniors and even middle school students awaiting promotion uh, have a, an especially challenging task before them to move forward without the traditional rites of passage of these moments of transition. Um, anybody I talk to in my personal life um, feels that seniors and and those hoping to celebrate a transition are really feeling the difficulty of this in a in a special way. And I want to acknowledge that it's 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 a drag. We are all bummed out for you. You deserve to get together with your friends. You deserve to celebrate. You deserve to sign your yearbooks and have your promotional dances. And yeah, uh, uh, it it makes us all sad that that you you won't necessarily have the the traditional ways of doing that. And and on the theme of opportunity, I'm I'm also hopeful and and optimistic that that you students will find ways to to substitute something that is similarly gratifying. I'm seeing evidence of that. And uh, to me, it's a sign of the resilience of humanity to push forward through through challenges like this. Yeah. Uh, boy, it, it, yeah, I often, often reflect on the word college. The word college is rooted in an ancient word that means to collect, that we, hmm. we gather which is essential to what we do. And, and we're not able to do that right now. The whole word is a misnomer in some ways. Yeah. Uh, and visiting and talking and face to face and being present with others is an important part of not only uh, attending a university, but selecting universities. So right. um, it, it's essential that students try to engage with and connect to their institutions as best as they can. Yeah. And we understand that we recognize that. And so right away we started making plans to uh, work with our admitted students to enable them to find opportunities to do that in a new mode. Okay. Um, we identified the different ways and different, different communities with which students um, would want to engage and found ways to, uh, facilitate that using the same mode that we're using right now on Zoom or on chat rooms or uh, phone calls or, or written notes to students to make sure that they knew how to get their questions answered in a way that required creativity from both them and from us as administrators. I know you know colleges across the United States are uh, have different degrees of I guess success with engaging this next group of students. And, and kind of feeling secure that they have an adequate number of students coming to kind of meet their, their goals on the business side of their equation, right? How do you feel like everything is going for USC in that regard? Uh, are you worried? Uh, is it 
um, you know, is, has things, have things changed fundamentally in that regard? Or is there really just a foundation of the, the way you do things will continue to work the way you do things? We're always worried. Uh, I, I wish students understood how their, their behavior is always on our minds and that they actually control more of the admission process than they think. They, they are the consumers of a transaction in, in some ways. I think college should be thought of as a, something bigger than a business transaction. But right. uh, it, is a, it is an expensive proposition for many and, and uh, it should be thought of as a, as a, yeah. on some levels as a business transaction. So we're very worried. We're always worried. And, and this year with so many things up in the air, we're, we're worried. We're more worried and we're worried over a longer period of time. Um, we were planning to admit a certain number of students and given the level of uncertainty, we re, um, reimagined our enrollment strategy. We would typically aim to fall a bit short of our enrollment goals with the hope of not going over and, uh, using, we don't have a wait list at USC. We offer admission to start mid-year instead of a waiting list. Uh, as, as many students know, but that is that is our way of managing our enrollment numbers a little bit more precisely to hit a specific fall number. Right. So our, our strategy for the past several years has been to fall a bit short on May 1, the date that students have to commit to enroll, and then fill in any shortfalls uh, by moving students from that spring semester in the way many students, uh, many schools would use a waiting list. Uh, at, at the between March 13th and March 26th, when we uh, decided to finalize our admission offers, we decided to uh, go back to a different mode of admitting students. So we admitted more students initially than we planned to, and uh, in not knowing what the rate of return on those um, you yeah. know, those offers would be. We, we didn't know if students would feel comfortable traveling. We didn't know students could travel. And we didn't know what the financial situation would look like uh, on March 26th. And I, I don't know that we still know that. Hmm. Uh, okay. We, we see many things changing moving forward. We anticipate more uncertainty between now, when things were less uncertain in the past, Got um, between now and the start of classes. So we're anticipating being ready to make changes between now and the start of class. Okay. So you were... The, the the changing nature of the, the class, the number of students coming, uh, you see a lot more uncertainty this time around going into the fall when schools supposedly will start back up. Well, we anticipated that, and so far we have not seen that. Okay. Uh, and I think students are still uncertain, but we're not seeing significant changes in behavior uh, just yet, but we anticipate that that might still happen. We're getting a lot of questions that suggest that there's still Okay. Um, um, the possibility that students might change their minds. So the, the percentage of students who accepted the admission offer was actually higher than last year. It was the second highest that we've seen on record, which was surprising to us. Uh, we do we see many threats to that, though. We know that students may be unable or unwilling to travel. Um, right. And we also don't know what the fall is going to look like. And yeah. once we decide all of that, we think some students may... Uh, decide to opt out or yeah. change their minds. or, And we also have many students coming from abroad who might not be able to get a visa yeah. or hop on a plane and return uh, to Los Angeles as they might have been able to in the past. That's right. So 
that's I think that what you're talking about is that that there's a lot of uncertainty and it's almost uncertainty hanging in the balance in a very almost not, not to say that it's producing anxiety, but there's a lot of tension, meaning there's uncertainty and ev- everybody's waiting institutions, colleges, families, students, and all the other mm-hmm. institutions that kind of are going to influence are all, we're all waiting health officials, to see sure. yeah, right. what, what's going to be happening. We, we suspect that there'll be some challenges. We suspect the, fi- the economy is not going to be great. We suspect the job market is not going to be great. We suspect that colleges will look different in the fall, but everything is just a kind of a truly, truly, in a in a, in a in a hovering paused pattern and it's it's unusual isn't it usually doesn't seem to last this long in 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 these types of situations in life right we that's have exactly a little bit right. of uncertainty and then that then it gets resolved so mm, it's exactly right very challenging and uh, I, I i hope to see the the opportunity in that challenge i hope students can recognize that the uncertainty that they feel is very normal and shared by the whole world. No, nobody knows what's happening next. Yeah. Uh, we in the admission offices um, are, are uncertain and um, and feel for for students and families who are having to make this decision now. Yeah, uh, and I, I also hope that we can recognize that we have opportunities to react to fear in a way that. Um, might benefit us in the future. I don't think that we should be letting fear drive our decision-making. Hmm. Uh, many students seem to be worried and may want to just take a whole year off, which um, I, I completely understand and respect. But I also wonder if that's the right decision right now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what what a student would be doing during the year yeah. uh, if they hadn't already made some plans to uh, enrich themselves and grow. I worry that we may see... Uh, a large portion of our community decide to put their own development and growth on hold that will hurt us as a community just in general. Yep. Some other folks that I've talked to echoed that same thing that Mm. in, in under quote, normal circumstances, a a gap year is just a tremendous thing. And I hope everybody considers it, but I I'm switching gears right now because what would you do during the gap year now, given the job market, given international travel being shut down, at least right now, you know, how are you going to go spread your wings and have a, a growing experience during a gap year under these circumstances? It might make sense in a way to push on with your college education, even if things are different, right? Even if classes look very different and the experience looks very different. I agree. Well, and I, and I, at the same time, be the consumer and ask the tough questions. We don't have all of the answers just yet, but we're working hard on having them. And, you know, a lot of the fears surrounding online education, um, yeah. I think that may be the wrong word. I, I think remote learning is uh, the right way to think about it hmm. uh, for the moment. And we don't know what that will look like in the fall. I, I, we're considering uh, the option to allow students to stay online if they're continuing. And I imagine we'll see many schools Uh, propose hybrid situations with some degree of in-person experience and remote experience. But, but remember the, the college idea, the collection idea is still applying. Hmm. We're not just watching lectures and taking notes and then taking tests. We are still engaging with others. We are exchanging ideas. We're sharing our perspectives and challenging each other's 
sense of of what is true so that we leave that experience with a better understanding of what is true. And, and that kind of exchange that makes a university experience, a university experience so yeah. uh, valuable is still happening, but in a different way. Uh, we're trying to foster that in all kinds of ways. And I'm, I'm so pleased that it's working. The students yeah. are, we're hearing different, different things, but faculty and students have very quickly migrated thousands of classroom and laboratory and lecture and seminar experiences into a different mode hmm. uh, that have offered even um, some students different en enhancements to the opportunity that we couldn't have before. Ability to bring different guests in from all over, uh, to share in different ways. Um, so I, I choose to see the opportunities in that. And I, I think that, that students may be surprised at what uh, distance learning or remote learning might might look like for different places. That's that's really really great to hear. It's actually really inspiring. I think you're right. Even though lots of high school students have been also thrust into the distance learning right now, I'm worried that a lot of them are not having a great experience with it. It's it's challenging for high schools to also learn and figure out how to do this. But I'm worried that that in many regards, it's falling flat. And a lot of high school seniors or juniors are getting a impression made of what this online learning thing looks like. And they're not convinced. And they are not seeing what you're describing. And that's probably something that should be shared more, right? Because it can be inspiring. I am sure that there is a, a spectrum of experiences and challenges. And we're, we're also going through a cycle of learning and uh, adapting to the new normal. Part of that adaptation involves a sad period. The, the stages of grieving come to mind, a, an anger period, an acceptance period. And uh, I, I, think, I think we're seeing optimism and growth as well as pessimism and stagnance. And I, I hope that we can focus on the growth part to, to get through this temporary period. We'll be talking about this for generations in, in the past tense, and we're living it right now. Uh, and, and so paying attention to the positive stories, I, I think, is, is valuable. One of my Facebook friends is a professor at USC. He just turned 80 years old. He's been teaching at USC for 50 years. And he is raving about how excited his students are to try something different and how successful his classroom experience has been this year, uh, sharing movies in a way that was more engaging than in a, than a, a classroom setting. And him bringing in guests from all over the country in ways that he couldn't necessarily do uh, if, if the travel schedules couldn't work out. And he said that his students reported that this year, uh, that this was the best class that they had in all four years at USC, when a significant chunk of that class, a good month's worth, month and a half, was in the Zoom mode that we're in right now. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that at a university, you're going to see a uh, a community that's more inclined to innovate, more inclined to uh, find something new, to um, to figure out a way to 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 do what we all crave, which is learn and grow and become our best. I've I've been very inspired by the stories that I've read. That's wonderful. I think this is a great note to end on. I could talk with you for a long, long time, but I really appreciate the 
the, the perspective, the wisdom that you're bringing, the care that you have for students in general, USC as a community. And I think it's just really great to hear um, your, your thoughts on all of this. And I, I hope everyone is going to enjoy hearing them as well. Oh, thank you. I, I hope that we, uh, we get through this in, with as little pain as possible, although um, we learn through struggle. I, I'm not one to go to the gym, but my coach has always said, no pain, no gain. And I, right. I think we're uh, if we look for opportunities for learning and growing and all this, we'll feel good. And thank you for the opportunity to share my views with your, your viewers and your students. Thank you, Steve. Great. Thank you.